Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for the many things you bless us with and an awesome opportunity to be able to gather together in your house and be able to get into your word. Help us as we study it, to understand it, so we can apply it properly and encourage us to go out in the world and share it with others as well. So many wonderful things that we have to look forward to. And thank you oh so much for all of it. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. That's the attitude that I have, and hopefully all y'all have as well, is to come quickly, Lord. Come right now if you can. But at the same time, we got to know that there are those out there that have not yet accepted the Lord. So might want to wait a little bit till we get some more in before we come back. So we're kind of like Paul wrote about. We're at a betwixt the two. Hoping it would hurry up right now and happen. And then, well, let's wait because i still got some work to do. In John chapter 14, he began teaching the disciples so that they could be looking forward to his return. So that they could know that there was going to be a time when he was going to be with them for eternity. And that he had prepared a place for us. In John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So let's look into this a little deeper. First, we don't need to be troubled. We look around, we see the horrible things that are going on. We're going through some persecution, some hard times, some affliction from this world. We don't need to be troubled. Because we believe in God and we believe in Jesus Christ. And then he assures us in chapter 14, verse 2, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Preparing a place for us. He was speaking directly to his 12 disciples, but this is to all born-again Christians, to prepare a place for us, his family. Now, this prepared place, there are a lot of things to know about that as well. When you leave this world right now, you go to be with the Lord in paradise, in what is known as heaven. But that's not where you're going to be for eternity. That particular heaven, that particular place is going to be destroyed in the last days, completely gone, and a brand new heaven and earth will be created. When is that brand new heaven and earth going to be? Is that what he's speaking of here? Getting into some of this theology and so forth. Is the place that he has gone to prepare for us the new heaven and the new earth? And he has, of course, by now finished that because it only took him six literal days to create everything that we know in existence. Is that already created somewhere? Or is he speaking of here 
the place that we know that our loved ones that are born again, that have passed away, are at right now. Paradise. In that comfort. In that temporary place they'll be until the next step. So you got to think and wonder. I go to prepare a place for you. But then he lets us know. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. That's the wonderful thing, that we will be with the Lord wherever the Lord is. Once we are united with Him, never to be separated from Him again, whether it's in the existing heaven, the new heaven, or the new earth, or even backing it up into the millennial period, wherever and whenever, once we get united with Him, we're with Him forever. And wherever the one who spoke everything into existence chooses to be, and however he chooses to be, is going to be way beyond what we could imagine in wondrous things to enjoy. Way beyond what we could imagine. And far, far more than we deserve, that's for sure. So knowing Jesus Christ, and knowing that when we are united with Him, and never be separated from Him again, that is what we can be comforted in even if we don't have the mental capacity to understand the theology and all the prophecies of what is going to happen next, that doesn't matter. You don't have to be so mentally capable to understand all that and its intricacy to have that peace and that comfort of knowing that you're going to be, as it says, with Him and with Him forever. All right, now let's look at some other scriptures concerning His return. And which one of the returns? Because we know He's going to come back in the clouds and be there when we get raptured up. But look at Acts chapter 1 first. Where it reads, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which He was taken up. Taken up, which means raptured. After that, He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence." When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? The restoration of the kingdom of Israel was from the prophecies of the Old Testament pertaining to the millennial period. And that's what they were asking about. It reads, And he saith unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. He's clearly telling them, don't be so concerned about the fulfillment of the things that we are looking forward to that you forget to do what you need to do right now. We can put all of our devotion, all of our dedication and study in the book of Revelation and all the prophecies about what's going to happen in the tribulation time, the millennial period, and the eternal state, and then forget that, hey, He's given us a job to do. 
And that is to spread the gospel, to talk about salvation, to focus on salvation. That was one of the things that Billy Graham addressed when people would ask him about Book of Revelation, about the prophecies. Is that wasn't my calling. His calling was evangelism, to bring in the people to become part of the family of God, not to be a theologian and be so overwhelmed with the fulfillment of the prophecies and so forth of the future that he forget to do the job that he is instructed to do. And as he said there in verse 8 again, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That's our calling is to be a part of the work of the Lord. So primarily our focus needs to be on spreading the gospel. But he also has preserved for us the prophecies concerning the things of the last days. There are things in the prophecies that nobody will ever understand until they get closer to being fulfilled. And there are things in the prophecies that no one will understand until after the rapture and the the initiation of the tribulation time. There are things in this word that he's preserved that are only going to be understand, understood by those that are going through the tribulation time. So when you get doing the studies and you get just overwhelmed, like, I don't know what he's talking about. I can't understand that. Well, it's not time for you to know that. So don't worry about it. Move right on. I've had people come up to me and talk about that. that I just can't understand what he's talking about. It's not for you at this time. He'll give us the understanding because that's what he's talking about where he talks about how the Holy Ghost is going to teach them. Back over in verse 2. The, the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. The Holy Ghost gives us that information. The Holy Ghost teaches us, like he says over there in John, where he gave them the whole understanding of the Holy Ghost and how the Holy Ghost was going to teach them. In verse 26 of chapter 14, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have told you. Being taught by the Holy Ghost to the things that we need to know, when we need to know them, to put them to work in the way he wants us to put them to work. So it's really fascinating, it's really interesting to study the prophecies of the last days. It's, it gives us a, something to go after. It's like, the, the dessert, the dessert to go in there, the things that really cheer you up sometimes, to know what we have to look forward to, and to make us anxious, to make us wanting for it to be fulfilled right now. And those are the things that we can actually use to help entice people in sometimes as well. But at the same time, don't be overwhelmed when you don't understand them completely, and you can't really figure it all out. As we continue in Acts chapter 1, back over in verse 9 again, And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up. Once again, rapture, taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Note the cloud. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. In like manner. What was that like manner? In the clouds. 
over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 13. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. They have no hope. They don't have the confidence in the fulfillment of the prophecies. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, those that have passed away, in other words, that are born again, Sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or proceed them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Note the two things there. In the clouds, in the air. So as they saw Him ascend up, caught up, raptured up into the clouds, we will see that again. He will be in the clouds, and we will go up and be with Him, never be separated from Him ever again, as we come up to Him in the clouds. Not down on the earth yet. Because when He comes all the way down on the earth and establishes the millennial period, that's the second coming. So you've got to know the difference between the rapture and the second coming. The second coming is when He actually sets foot back on this planet and establishes the millennial kingdom. But isn't it awesome there in verse 18 where it says, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. To know that we're going to be raptured up, we're going to be taken up to be with the Lord. And as it says over in 1 Corinthians, we're going to have that glorified body. We're going to receive that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, that quick, boom, we'll have that glorified body. And as it says in the writings of John, we don't know what we're going to be like, but we know we're going to be like Him. So we're going to be like Jesus Christ, and we're going to be with Jesus Christ for eternity. So when He comes back and raptures us up, we're going to go up to be with Him in the clouds. Now, this rapturing effect, he also taught about the rapture and the millennial period over in Matthew chapter 24 and 25. He teaches also in, in Mark and in Luke. But let's look at a few verses in Matthew chapter 24. And you'll see here he's speaking of the second coming when he actually comes all the way down to established millennial kingdom. In Matthew chapter 24, pick it up, verse 29. Now, at this point of the timeline, the tribulation has already kicked in. Because if you go back just real quick, when we're raptured up, there's going to be so many people removed from the planet that there's going to be chaos. There's going to be uproar. There's going to be riotings. There's going to be just total chaotic disruption on the entire planet, which will lead to a great war, the war of Gog and Magog that is prophesied over in Ezekiel. That will be initiated because of all these people being taken out. God will end that battle with a great hailstone storm, and there'll be a, a leader rise up and try to take credit for ending that and sign a treaty with Israel. The signing of that treaty 
begins the seven-year clock of the tribulation time. And in the midpoint of the tribulation time, the Antichrist is going to rise up and present himself as being God and sit on the newly rebuilt temple in Israel, in Jerusalem. And that is the initiation of the great tribulation that kicks in. Okay, now here we got in verse 29, Matthew chapter 24, verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, after the tribulation, so you got seven years, first three and a half is going to be horrible beyond imagination, but then when the midpoint kicks in, great tribulation, which is, as you said up there in verse 21, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, nor no, nor ever shall be. In the second half. Okay, immediately following the tribulation, right at the end of the tribulation, verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. This is physical conditions of the planet at that time. Because of all the judgments upon this planet, and the earthquakes, and those Meteors coming down. There'll be so much pollution, so many gases, so much filth in the air that you're not even going to be able to see the sun. And that's what he's talking about there where it says, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light because it's so much filth up in the air that you can't even see the moon and the darkens because it's so much junk up there you cannot even make out the sun. And the stars shall fall from heaven. The stars, let's talk about the meteors that come down and hit the planet during the tribulation. And the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And that is the coming, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Why are they all mourning? Why are they all wailing and worried about, uh-oh, here it comes. Is because they're the non-believers. They're the ones that are there during that tribulation time and all that judgment coming upon them. And now they know, well, here it comes, even worse than what we've already gone through. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with the great sound of the trumpet. And they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now this elect is the ones that are born again during the tribulation time. There are 144,000 Jews that will be born again during the tribulation time that will be sealed to be given a special task to go out and preach the gospel. And all those that trust in the Lord are the elect that he's speaking of here. At the midpoint of the tribulation, he tells them to flee to the mountains of Megiddo and to stay there because it's going to be so horrible that the rest of the judgments is poured upon a planet. He needs to put them in a separate place so he can protect them while he's raining down all kinds of judgment. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. 34 is a verse that many people have misunderstood. And when it said, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. 
this generation. This generation that he's speaking to right there, speaking of a particular person's lifespan, that's how some people consider a generation. No, he's talking about mankind itself. This generation, this phase, these people will not be wiped out, will not be all gone, will not be all killed. Resist generation shall not pass away. They will be survivors till all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away. He's talking there about the destruction of the heaven and the earth. But my words shall not pass away. Amen to that. And over there in Luke chapter 21, a caution going to all of us that pertain to prior to the rapture and pertain to those that are during the tribulation time in Luke chapter 21, verse 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. We need to be ready at any time for the rapture. We need to be ready at any time to face judgment, whether it is in this phase of the fulfillments or whether it's in the tribulation time. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. Verse 36 is the way he's finished that sermon to these disciples concerning the things of the tribulation time and letting them know that there's a way to avoid going through the tribulation time. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things. All the things that you just taught about the tribulation time and the horrible judgments upon this planet. There's a way to escape all that. How? That ye shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. The only way you're going to stand before the Son of Man is to be a born again Christian. So, referring to the rapture. If you're a born-again Christian, he's going to rapture us out before all this stuff starts happening. The battle of Gog and Magog, the introduction of the tribulation time, the great tribulation, and then all the judgments that come upon the planet. If you want to escape all that and stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ, which is the first judgment, then you've got to look to the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Hang on to everything that He tells you. And be born-again Christian. And then you're not going to have to go through these horrible things that he's speaking of. And then when we're there before standing before the judgment seat of Christ, we're all going to be judged. We're all going to be looked at. While the tribulation is going on down here, there's going to be a great judgments and a great marriage supper in heaven. And everybody that's born again to that point is going to go through judgment. And everybody will be determined. At that time, everybody will be judged and it will be determined where they will be, what they will do, how much responsibility they will have during the millennial period. So then they come back down with him and establish the millennial kingdom. And the millennial kingdom will last for a thousand years, ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ for a thousand years. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. The first resurrection are those that were raptured up. 
That resurrection is what he's speaking of. That's the first resurrection. Blessed are they that don't have to go into the tribulation time. It says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. A thousand years to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. But first there has to be a destruction. There has to be a judgment, a destruction of this planet in a way not complete yet, but the judgments of the tribulation time, the tribulation and the great tribulation. But at the end of that great tribulation, we see chapter 19, chapter 19, verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doeth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in, lin- in fine linen, white and clean. Now this is Jesus Christ coming onto the scene at the end of the tribulation time with the righteous army with him. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather yourselves together unto the supper of the great God, that it that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free and bound, both small and great. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And the remnant were slain with the sword of of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Chapter 20. Reason I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set his seal upon him, that he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that he must be loosed a little season. And I saw thrones, and they that sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads 
or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years were expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. Don't be confused when you see Gog and Magog there. That is not talking about the battle of Gog and Magog. That's talking about an area. It reads, To gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the books according to their works. No, it's according to the works. You're going to be tortured and tormented for eternity according to your works or be blessed with rewards and pleasure according to your works. And a sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were all they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. The final great judgment. And then chapter 21, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. So that's what we got to look forward to. Brand new heaven and brand new earth. Just like it says over in First Peter chapter 3, verse 12, Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. That's what we have to look forward to. The judgments. Judgment seat of Christ, great white throne judgment, tribulation time, the millennial period, new heaven and new earth. And just like He says there in... 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. Looking for and hastening. That means anxiously awaiting. Hurry up, Lord, bring it on now. Looking forward and hastening unto the day of God. Looking forward to that. You need to get it right. You need to get washed in the blood. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Get that done. Do that. Watch because you don't know when it's going to come to be be ready for it be ready for the judgments be ready for all that ahead and all that wonderful things he's going to allow us to be a part of to work with him for a thousand years and the millennial period so much ahead of us i could just go on all day about this but time is up so let's close lord jesus and heavenly father we thank you oh so much for the things you've preserved for us to be able to study those enticing things the prophecies and so forth that trigger us to be able to dig a little deeper in there to find the answer to those mysteries and the comfort that we know that you give us the understanding as we can handle it. And we thank you oh so much for that. And help us to take all the understanding you give us and share it with others out there as well. And let us all know that you're patiently awaiting because you're waiting for more to come to you before it may be everlasting too late for them. 
and help us to get out there and get at it to be able to bring more to you before it is too late for them. Thank you all so much for allowing us to be a part of your work. As we pray in Jesus' precious holy name, amen. If you would please stand, bow your heads, close your eyes.